Okay, well, we're going to kick off this morning with a quiz. Okay, so there should be a slide come up, hopefully. Ah, there he is. Okay, so here goes. So I want to do a bit of a hands up. Okay, so you need to think carefully. First question. How many Valentine's Day cards do you think are sold in the UK around this weekend? 50 million, 100 million, or 150 million? Okay, so, really quick, hands up for 50. Yeah, would work out about just over one, just under 100 million, 150 million. Yeah, you guys are right. 145 million get sold this weekend. What percentage oops, of marriage proposals, how, what percentage do you think of marriage proposals happened on Valentine's Day? 2%? Hands up. 10%? Hands up. Yeah, 15%. It's 10%. Okay. How much do you think British people spend on their romantic meal in total altogether? Do we spend 39 million, 239 million, or 390 million on a Valentine's meals this weekend? Hands up for 39. Hands up for 239. Hands up for 390. It is the top one. 390 million pounds would have been sold, spent this weekend. Okay. Who do you think invent, sort of put Valentine's Day? He was a, a, a Christian man back in the day. Who do you think wanted to celebrate his day on the 14th? I'm going to tell you it was King Henry. He liked a bit of love, didn't he? <laughs> In the Victorian times, they didn't just send Valentine's Day cards. They sent things called vinegar cards. And these were to people that they hated. (laughs) Glad we don't do that anymore. Okay, so this morning, we've been thinking about love. What is love? And um, Sim said that God is love. Not just that he's loving, but he is love. Love is more, though, than a feeling, because we might say, oh, I love chips, or I love my mum, but they're different types, aren't they, of love, very different. If your chips are lost, well, your chips are lost, but if your mum is lost, that's a really big deal. Here is a verse from the Bible. Let's read this verse together, okay? We're going to read it together. One, two, three. So it's up on the screen in case you don't have a Bible. If you want to look it up in your Bible, it will be found in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10. Let's read that together now. So look at the screen if you need to. It says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Let's read it one more time together. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, the word for love in this sentence 
This is love is agape. I want us to say that word together. You ready? Agape. Let's say it again. Agape. Now, when the person was translating, was writing this, he had a number of different words that he could have used for love. And he chose agape because it was the closest thing he could get in that language to the type of love that God is. He chose this word agape. Now, the first thing I want to say about agape, I want you to make a very grumpy face. As grumpy as you can. Oh, there's some very good grumpy faces. More grumpy, I think. More grumpy. Grumpy faces. Excellent job. Now, you can relax now. Because the first thing about agape is it doesn't depend on the other person's feelings. Okay? It doesn't depend on you saying thank you. It doesn't depend on you appreciating it. It just loves because it's love. And because of that, agape can be really hard to do. Imagine you've worked really hard on something, but then it's not appreciated. One of my children worked really, really hard the other week on something for her friends. She spent hours on it, gave it to her friends, and they didn't appreciate it. In fact, they didn't want it. And she felt disappointed and upset. Now, we might do a similar thing. We work and we give our friends or our family something we've really thought about, but maybe they don't appreciate it. It could be a meal you've made. How many meals have you made where it's met with a... <laughs> or something similar? Yes, yeah, a few people. <laughs> what about an assignment, maybe, you did for school, but your teacher, you worked hours on it, but your teacher just glanced at it for a second... Maybe it was your homework and they just went, yeah, good, thanks. Perhaps you'd spent time tidying the house, but no one noticed. They just came in, completely oblivious. Perhaps it was a project you did at work. You'd worked hard and everyone just went, yeah, thanks. Or perhaps you were trying to be patient with someone, but they don't appreciate it. With agape love, we serve others. We may be kind and patient and we do stuff, even though we know that they may not say thank you. They may not appreciate it. They may not even notice. When God came in Jesus, he didn't come because we were good. He didn't come because he knew that everyone would turn around and go, oh, thanks so much for that. In fact, not many did. But it does say, God so loved, he agapeed that he came. He came because of love. Okay, the second thing I want to say about agape is this. See my little vegetable animals? And I want us to wiggle our legs. Wiggle your legs. Okay, wiggle your legs. (laughs) That's good. It, It wakes you up, if nothing else. Because the second thing about agape is it's not just words, it's an action. It involves doing something. Imagine someone says, oh, I really love you, but then when you're sad, they don't hug you. Or when you fall over or you're carrying a heavy bag, they don't try and help you. Imagine you're sick and they just go, hmm, whatever. They don't really love you. Love is an action, not a feeling. 
If you ask me how I know my friends love me, it's because they care. When I'm sad, they text me. They say, hey, let's go out. Let's do something. Can I do something for you? Can I come around? Can I help you? That is agape love. And the third thing we know about agape love is this. And I want us to make a cross, either with our fingers or our arms like this, whatever you like, okay? The third thing we know about agape love is it's most perfectly seen in God, in Jesus, in what he did on the cross. We see it. Jesus demonstrated this agape love perfectly. Look at this verse. It says, oops, I've gone one too many. It says, this is how we know what love or agape is. Jesus Christ laid down his life. When we do something wrong, it might have consequences. You might get financial consequences. You might lose a friend. You might lose your time. You might get detention at school or something. You've lost something. I wonder what it's like if you've had a really bad day and someone got angry with you or your friends didn't play with you or things went wrong. And at the end of the day, you feel angry and cross and upset and sad. And then you have to think about what you're going to do with it. And we can hold it or we can forgive them. We see in Jesus this agape love. It acts not as a response to what we have done or how we have felt towards him. God's love through Jesus Our friendship is made possible because it says he keeps no records of our wrong. It doesn't matter how we feel about what we've done. Perhaps we feel sad or upset by what what we've done. It doesn't matter. On the cross, Jesus totally forgave, even when we didn't care. From the cross, while we were still making mistakes, maybe not loving God, maybe being not the kindest people, Jesus loved us and made friendship with God possible. And that is agape love. It says God is love. He loves us because he is love. So it doesn't matter if we're grumpy, grumpy face, Agape love acts despite our actions. Agape love is about action. It's about doing love. And agape love is most perfectly seen on the cross. We're going to sing again now. So we know that God is agape and we know that we are that we are loved and our actions cannot make him love us any more or any less. He loves because he is love. So our love is a reaction. It's not conditional at all to God's love. But nonetheless We love as a response to that love. I think this is similar to, like, at the moment, at home, I'm growing my little seedlings on the windowsill in my bathroom. In the summer, my bathroom becomes a bit of a greenhouse. (laughs) 
(laughs) And they're starting to grow, and already they're leaning towards the light. And just like plants that lean towards the light or push their roots down to find water, it is a bit like us. As we experience God's love, we naturally lean in towards it. Our roots want to search for more of it. And as we do this, as we dig our roots into him, we become more like him. John kicks off this passage in verse 7 by starting with, Dear friends. And that word for friends we saw in the song, You're a Good, Good Father, it says we are loved by God. It means beloved, loved by God, to those who are loved by God, the beloved. And then he goes on, verse 8, love one another, for love comes from God. It's our source Everyone who agapes has been born of God and knows God. They get their love from love, the source. Verse 11, further down, he uses that same word again. Dear friends, beloved, those loved by God. He says, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We love because of God's love for us. And when we do this, something we're commanded to do, and we're told here in verse 21, he reminds us, and he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. We see that when we love, God is seen to be living in us. He comes alive to people around us. As we accept his love, We are transformed by it. Verse 12 tells us, No one has seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his agape is made complete in us. Now, now and again, we might be tempted to think our actions equal God is pleased and will come and live in us. But that is not what it says. When we live in shame that we weren't like Jesus, when we're tempted to just try harder to be like him, we may be thinking, if I could just be more loving, then maybe God would love me more. But from this passage, we see he won't and he can't. God is love. His agape love is not dependent on us. We can neither earn it. um, We can't do that, can we? We can't say, oh, I'd like more of your love. So John goes on, verse 13. He says, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. That means that we're made one with him. And it's not because we're a lovely person. No. He says... We know it because he has given us his spirit, himself. The source of agape comes to dwell in us. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. The source of our love, any love that we show, is him. And how does this happen? Verse 14 and 15 tell us, 
And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be Savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in him. It doesn't say if anyone tries to be a good person, God comes and lives in them. It doesn't say if anyone turns their lives around, God lives in them. It says anyone who acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is a Savior, that he died on the cross for complete forgiveness, then God stands with arms open wide, watching, waiting, and searching for his children to come home. In the story of the prodigal son, we see this perfect picture of the father's love for us. As the son abandons the father, goes off, the father waits. He waits for his son to return. And when he sees his son returning, he runs arms open wide. And as the son tries to stammer out, Father, I'm sorry, he is enveloped by the father's love. He is already forgiven and sweeps him back into that relationship. And that is what we see in God's love. When we are ready to come to him, his arms are open. When we realize what he has done for us, when we see his love, we cannot help but run towards it like plants leaning towards the sun. And when we do, his arms are open wide. And so we're going to listen now to two testimonies of people that have experienced God's love over the last two years. I just want to take an opportunity to share um, how God's been answering prayer for us in the last couple of weeks. I'm sitting here by our, our ground source heat pump, which provides our hot water and heating in our house. Two weeks ago, a bit over, it failed on us and it stopped working. We had no heating. Uh, and it turned out it was this device here. It is the, the soft starter that failed and, and they have failed before. Um, so I thought, well, should I just replace it again? But now there's a sense actually I should actually try and fix some of the components inside. So I took it apart, uh, got one here, started to find out what was wrong and, and identified some things that had failed. But then as the days went on, it was very, very difficult. I couldn't actually desolder them, couldn't get them out. And I was getting to the point where I was thinking, just can't do this, it's not gonna work. Uh, but I was walking out of the house uh, just at that moment. I went out the back door and I just felt the Lord say to me, Andrew, why are you giving up? Well, because I, I can't work out how to do it. But then I thought, well, actually, I know a few people into electronics. So I contacted some some people, one from this fellowship, somebody from another fellowship I know. And, and I got myself a soldering iron station. And I started to solder. And, and sure enough, I managed to order some relays and fit them. Uh, so about a week into this, we didn't have any heating. Um, got it all together, put it in, but it still had a failure. And I thought, well, actually... I've done that. What, what, what more can I do? Is it at a point where I just don't know what else to do? So we thought, well, okay, we'll have to uh, just get another heat pump starter. Then we start to look for those and realize actually they're out of stock. We can't get them until March. So it looked like it was going to be a cold February for us. But then one, one early one morning, I was up praying about it. And almost the first thing the Lord said to me, he just gave me a verse. 
Zechariah 4 verse 6. So I thought, Zechariah 4 verse 6, what's that? And he says, this is the word of the Lord, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. Oh, so you're just going to fix it, Lord, by your spirit? Or, or do I have to do more? So I just didn't know, but I just had a huge sense that the Lord was going to act on this for us. So carried on pushing on. I thought, well, OK, let's keep going because we can't get another starter. I might as well carry on. So I took some more components out, identified they'd failed just at the end of the week before last. And, um, oh, these have failed. OK, I'll get some more. Oh, and they're available in July. Oh, that's not going to be great. Or I might be able to get some in March. So still no heat for the whole of February. So, so last weekend, we went away uh, to stay with friends uh, and to visit um, people in, in, in Buckinghamshire where you used to live. And while we were there, we stayed with friends and they've got a heat pump. Not the same as this, different manufacturer, a different designer sits out in the garden. It's an air source heat pump. But just before we were leaving to go to church on the Sunday morning, I said, oh, can I have a look at your installation? I just want to see how it's all connected up. So Robin kindly took me up in the loft and we had a look at where the pipes went. And then he said, oh, this is where the control panel is and everything like that. And I'm looking at this control panel and I happen to notice on the top of it a box. Now, it wasn't a box connected with any of this, although I had an inkling that this manufacturer did something similar. So I was just interested. and I, I picked it up and had a look inside. And what I discovered was a heat pump starter exactly the same as ours. So I said to Robin and Stephanie, I said, interesting you've got this. Do you know why you've got one of these? And they said, oh, yeah, well, about four years ago, we were having terrible trouble with it. Um, and they tried to sort things out. They swapped lots of bits. Um, and, and they changed that, but it wasn't actually the problem. So they said, well, we might as well leave this here because there's nothing wrong with it. You can have it if you like. So <laughs> we borrowed it. We came home Sunday night and within 15 minutes of being home, we had heat again. Because the Lord of hosts said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Thank you. I'm in Freuston and I wanted to share my testimony of my experience of, of God's love recently. Uh, I've been self-employed for 16 years. And um, as an electrician, I've, I've never really strived. I've always just survived. Um, so the last six, seven years, um, I've been praying continuously to the Lord for guidance on this and um, wisdom. And uh, late 2019, the, the Lord led me to a job um, on the railway as a, a train driver. Um, unfortunately, uh, two years in, I, I realised that the job wasn't for me. I realised it wasn't the dream job I thought it was and made the decision to leave. After a, pe a period of failure and feeling I failed the Lord, I, uh, I re suddenly realised how blessed I'd been and how the, the Lord had provided for my family and I um, over the two years of um, us going through a pandemic. As we would have uh, suffered real hardship and I'd still been self-employed. So thank you, Lord. And thank you for the fellowship of this church. Uh, 
and I trust in you, Lord, for the future. Amen.